welcome to Ghostwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Prevot, and today we're going to be covering Caroline Manzo's book, Let Me Tell You Something, of Real Housewives of New Jersey fame. All right, guys, so I got a new computer, and it's driving me insane because it doesn't have any of the same plugins as my other one. I have to get this, like, huge pack to plug in so that I can USB put USB things in there, like my microphone and stuff. So the sound quality is not going to be great, but I have been slacking on this podcast and slacking on putting out this episode forever. So I figured we'll just have one episode with not the best sound quality. And then Amazon's going to bring me my doodad thing tomorrow and we'll be good to go from there on out. Okay. So, Caroline first heard about Real Housewives of New Jersey from Jacqueline, who had already auditioned and told producers about Caroline. Um, Caroline thought being on the show would raise her profile as a realtor in Franklin Lakes. I guess she was selling homes before she got on the show and help her sell more houses. After the show aired, people would Google her address and they'd go by the Manzo's house and do drive-bys, which is weird because I thought they lived behind gates. So, I don't know if they do or not. It doesn't sound like it. Um, she said people were leaving gifts in her mailbox and then they just started coming and stealing her mail out of her mailbox. So they had to take the mailbox down and get a PO box. That is kind of creepy. People leaving gifts in your mailbox. Like it's, you know, I get it. It's nice in, in a sense, but it's pretty creepy. She says that the hardest part about being in the public eye has been all the assumptions about her and her family. So the assumptions are that her sons are gay, which I have never heard that before. And I'm pretty up on all my gossip Real Housewife blogs. Um, But they both, to my knowledge, are still single. And they're both involved in some other businesses, I believe, in Hoboken. All right. That her daughter's a fat pig. Ouch. And yikes. I mean... She is, I wonder if she, looking back, regrets everything that she said about her daughter's weight. But I don't know if you guys remember, but in one of the latter seasons, Lauren got a gastric, not a gastric bypass, but um, what is it called? Like the band that you get put on your stomach. It's the same uh, thing that her dad got done. Oh, have you guys seen Carolyn Manzo's like facelift or neck lift? It is exquisite work. Exquisite. Okay, so oh, and that she, <laughs> and that she's a fat redheaded dyke. Oh, and that her husband's in the mob. These are all. These are some pretty, um, pretty terrible assumptions. Okay, so her favorite celebrities that she's ever met are Ellen Barkin, Rosie O'Donnell, John Legend, and Chrissy Teigen, and Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner comes up a lot in this book. Okay, so growing up, Lauren was always expected to help around the house. She had to do the laundry, clean out the refrigerator, and make all the boys' beds, which makes me, like, want to rage out. Why shouldn't they learn how to make their own beds? I mean, I know it's, like, the old-school Italian tradition. I mean, it's, it's insane. Okay, she would complain about it, but Caroline told her that she was training her on how to be a good wife and mother. But if you just want to be successful, then you can just pay someone to do that, Lauren. So I don't know. So she says, I was very tough on Lauren in the house, and Al was tougher on the boys at work. I wonder, like, how the kids, what their review of their um, of that would be now, how they think that served them in their, in their life. Um, all of her kids have great work ethic, according to her. And when Chris started eighth grade, he wanted a Rolex that cost $4,000. I mean, when I was in fourth grade or eighth grade or any grade, even now, I didn't even dare to dream that big. A, wa- a $4,000 watch, I mean, that's insane. 
And I guess he worked a year later, he saved enough money to buy the watch. I guess he was like laywaying it, making payments on it. I mean, I don't know. I just don't feel like an eighth grader has any business with a $4,000 watch or a Rolex. Like, that is just asking for trouble. You're just asking. Eighth graders are notoriously irresponsible. That shit's going to get stolen, taken. It's not going to be good. Beat up something. Um, Okay. Sex education at the Manzo house. Her message to Lauren was don't be a pin cushion. I mean, feminist icon Caroline Manzo. And, um, oh, that's all I have on that. Oh, and Al, this is like the most New Jersey thing I've ever heard in my freaking life, is Al proposed to Caroline at an underpass on Route 80. I mean, that is the type of thing that I would probably keep to myself um, if I got proposed to in an underpass. I mean, that's, whew, okay. So Al's dad, who is now deceased, um, Al's dad bought the brownstone in 1980 Five months after they got engaged, Al's father passed away. So Al's father just went missing, and then at 4 a.m. on Caroline's birthday, the doorbell rang. It was the police saying they'd found the body. News crews came, and Al took her aside to tell her happy birthday. And so she always felt like, even in the wake of this horrible, horrible tragedy, she, you know, Al still loved her so much that he was you know, worried about her and worried about her birthday, which is sweet. Um, To this day, the father's death remains a mystery. Well, not to me because I did some research. All right. So this is what the New York Daily News has to say about it. Albert Tiny Manzo, I guess Tiny was his nickname, was executed mob style in August 1983 after he and Gambino family soldier Peter A. Campisi were suspected of skimming from a mob casino on Staten Island. Oof. You know, guys, don't skim. You always get caught. Never works out. He was found in the trunk of his own car, which feels very mob to me, okay? He was 350 pounds, a bigger fella. He was shot four times in the torso. Oh, my God. His legs and arms were bound in plastic, which I guess is like a mob thing. His Lincoln Continental was found outside a supermarket in Hillside, New Jersey. And Peter A. Campisi had a similar fate. I guess he was also found in a similar mob fashion. Okay, Al's mother could not collect his $500,000 life insurance because he lied about having diabetes. The life insurance policy was taken out slightly before his murder. So maybe he knew that it was going to happen or maybe it was just coincidence. I'm not really sure. Uh, You know, whenever the life insurance and the death happen so close together, we all have to wonder. Robert Bucchino, I don't know if I put that right, of the Union County Prosecutor's Office said, Tiny Manzo's association with organized crime was well known. And New York Times said possible collusions in the awarding of demolition contract. Oh, I'm sorry. The New York Times said that his only... Uh, Al's only legal entanglement was possible collusion in the awarding of demolition contracts. So you guys, I'm sure, have all seen Sopranos. So, you know, people want to get, private agencies want to get these government contracts. So maybe he was awarding the contracts to people that were doing no-shows or people that, you know, maybe weren't the ones that should have gotten them. I'm not really sure. Okay, so he also ran for office. So during his unsuccessful bid to become the mayor of Patterson, which is where Dolores is from, he ran as a law and order candidate who advocated public hangings. I mean, kind of insane that he advocated that and then he ended up executed. 
very crazy. And I've never heard of a candidate advocating for public hangings. I mean, I know this wasn't, you know, in recent times you ran, but that's pretty cray-cray. Okay, um, the brownstone was actually used for filming on The Sopranos. I love that. There's a Sopranos tour that goes to New Jersey, and I was actually just in Jersey last week. And I've always wanted to do that Sopranos tour. I don't know if they still have it going on, but I don't know if you guys have ever done those, but they're really fun. I did the Gossip Girl tour. I know, super cheesy, but I loved it. And I did the um, Sex in the City tour. And it was super fun. Speaking of Gossip Girl, let's segue for a second to Penn Badgley. Is everybody watching you on Netflix? If you're not, you need to watch it. It's basically, I've, I saw it written somewhere, it's a serial killer rom-com, which I really think that is a great description of it. It's really interesting because it kind of um, shows the role that social media plays in modern dating. And I never, I've been with my husband forever. And so we, we've been together pre friendster okay guys pre myspace so that never played any role in my dating life so i'm very fascinated by that and pen badgley is super good looking and it's it's a really great show i don't want to give anything away but we just finished up season two and i think they're the way they ended season two it feels like they're um they left it wide open for a season three to um get started but season one is in new york and i love any show based in new york because i used to live there and i just love seeing all the places and the vibe and then season two is based in la and i also used to live there so it's it's really great it's really fun and it's fun to see if you've lived in both which a lot of people i know have it's fun to see the juxtaposition of the you know the culture of new york versus the culture of la and it kind of does poke a lot of fun at la but I mean, they're not too off base with most of the things that they that they uh, say on that show. Um, okay, so Caroline used to love going to amusement parks, but now she gets headaches from the rides. Dude, me too. I I used to love anything where I could hang upside down. The crazier the ride, the better. I loved every single roller coaster I could get my butt into. Anything. And now I went on a roller coaster at California Adventure. I mean, I thought I was going to throw up when I got off. Like, it really, like, rattles your brain. It feels like your brain is shaking around your head, which you don't feel as a kid. So I'm curious if this is, like, an equilibrium, like an equilibrium issue as we get older, if there's something to do with, like, fluid in our ears or what. But I don't know. Why, why is it that you get sick when you get older on rides that used to be so fun? Now I'm like, I love a nice, slow ass roller coaster like a like a train ride like a choo-choo train around the park that is me all day love it okay so albert put lifts in chris's shoes so he could get on all the rides at six flags oh my gosh um i went to six flags my girlfriend clarissa got me a uh tickets to six flags and we went and those rides are too extreme for me i mean i need to go back to like knott's berry farm that is actually my favorite california amusement park is knott's berry farm it's only like 40 bucks to get in there with a discount. It's not so crowded all the time. It's not so big. They have alcohol because, you know, Disney is not trying to even give you one beer. and They're not interested in that. Um, which, oh, my God, did you guys see that Disney SmackDown fight? That I think it was last year. So even with no alcohol, people are turning all the way up at Disney. But I'm not surprised because if you have to wait in line an hour and a half for each ride, you're, you're in no mood for nonsense there. But that... Disney fight was actually like fighting within a family. Anyway, so um, beauty. Okay, so Caroline used to put baby oil or Vaseline on her face at night to make her skin really smooth. 
Um, I'm a licensed esthetician, and I do not recommend you guys putting baby oil or Vaseline all over your face unless you are really, really looking to break out. But I think for some people that don't ever break out, maybe it could work. I don't know. Um, and she shaves her face every day. And I remember thinking we were all were like freaking out that she shaves her face. And now we all shave our face. It's like the dermaplaning that you can get done. Or if you guys, when you travel, um, Whenever I travel, I bring these like the you know those little blades that you can buy at Sephora or Ulta, and they're kind of you can shape up your eyebrows with them. They're great for travel when you don't have time, you know, to go get a wax, or you know, maybe if you don't feel like plucking, it's just like a really quick fix to shave. And then they have ones with like a longer blade on them, and you can do like your peach fuzz, the the um the hair that's like on the top of your cheekbone that can get kind of fuzzy for some people like myself. Um, so yeah, anyway, she, she was onto something with this. And then when you put on like your dewy moisturizer, it looks really good. Okay. Her favorite products and beauty things, which I love hearing. This is usually my favorite part of all these housewife books is like, tell me what hairspray you're using. Tell me the lip gloss. Tell me it all. Mention it all. Okay. So she takes Dr. Paracone supplements. I feel like Dr. Paracone like really was so popular for a while and he's kind of faded away as all these new um, skincare lines have popped up. But, um, and I, I did, I read his book, The Wrinkle Cure, The Wrinkle Remedy a long time ago. Kiehl's Lip Balm. Which, by the way, so many people are obsessed with Kiehl's. And I think, if I remember correctly, when J-Lo and P. Diddy went to jail, someone asked her, like, what's the one thing that you wish you had in jail? And she said her Kiehl's um, hand lotion. I think she said hand lotion. Um, Which, I don't even use hand lotion, but I'm more of a lip balm person. But so many people are really into Kiehl's. And I feel like it's okay. I've used the products. I never felt anything was really that effective, but... Okay, Giorgio Armani Foundation, which I've used before. It's great. I'm very not loyal to my foundation, so I'm always switching it up. And then Laura Mercier moisture, Tinted Moisturizer, which that is a classic, classically good tinted moisturizer. But now I prefer the It Tinted Moisturizer, IT. They sell it at Sephora and Ulta because I feel like it gives a lot more coverage than Laura Mercier. And then L'Oreal Mascara. I do love L'Oreal Mascara. That is my favorite drugstore mascara. I just got a new mascara that is It. I guess I love this brand, It. Um, and it's like It and um, Dry Bar Collaboration, and it is bomb. And I've been using my Latisse religiously and my Lash MD. I'm trying to grow these lashes to the heavens. And um, I'm telling you, using the Latisse and the Lash MD with um, this uh, new It dry bar mascara. It has been amazing. I've barely even been wearing my fake lashes and I am like a slave to my fake lashes. Um, speaking of the Lash MD, do you guys know where I got that? I got it in one of my favorite Christmas presents, which is after being advertised to and advertised to and advertised to by FabFitFun, I finally got the box for Christmas. It is worth every penny, guys. Do it. I think it's like 200 bucks a year. You get four boxes. I don't understand how they're even making... This is not an ad, by the way. I don't have any ads here. But I don't even understand how they're making money because there was a full-size dry bar product in there, a full-size Lash MD, um, a full-size like body wash of... I forget the brand. Um, Baddington Lashes, which are these like fake lashes that are really high quality and pretty expensive. There was a Kate Somerville um, full-size goat milk face lotion, which I really like. I mean, I don't know, but it's 
it's a good if you don't know what to ask for for like Mother's Day or maybe Valentine's Day or whatever, just get that because it's so fun because you get really four gifts out of one. So anyway, I'm looking forward to my next box. But then there's so many other boxes I want to try. I want to try BoxyCharm, um, which people say is amazing, but it's a little more pricey than Ipsy, which I get Ipsy. Ipsy is amazing, especially if you love makeup brushes. They give you like a full-size new makeup brush every month. And then, you know, whatever I don't use or isn't my colors and stuff, I just keep and give it away to friends or do it like for grab bag prizes. Anyway, at 40 years old, Caroline had a tummy tuck. And this is a quote from Caroline. I'll never say never, but I'm pretty positive that I'm done with plastic surgery the rest of my life. Well, this is the kind of bold statements that we just shouldn't make. It's like when Brittany said she's going to be a virgin till marriage and you're just like, I'm sure these people are kicking themselves, wishing they just never said anything. Um, Because now she got the neck lift and, you know, all this stuff. But I don't know. I also have read a lot of books, which I find it kind of fascinating, where, um, like, Eliza Schillinger, the comedian, she wrote this book. I think it was called Girl Logic. And she was talking about how she had a nose job, blah, 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 but then, like, talking shit about people who get lip injections or get boob jobs. And I'm like, no, like, surgery surgery. You know, it's – I don't understand how you think – you're above or better than anyone because you got a different surgery. Like, whatever. Anyway. Okay, another quote from Caroline. Look at Melissa Gorga. She's gorgeous and has a killer body, but I bet as her boys get older, she'll start to dress more modestly. Um, hmm, hmm. That's not what is happening. I think Melissa Gorga is dressing sexier and sexier. But Caroline just said, oh, when you have a boy and his friends are coming over and they're whatever, getting in their hornball years of middle school, that you don't really maybe want to be wearing a string bikini. I don't think um, Melissa cares where the attention is coming from. I just think attention is her oxygen. So... Anyway, okay. So Caroline would sit alone in the lunchroom at school and not talk to another soul. She never went to dances and didn't socialize. After she left school, she found out that all the football players wanted to date her but just didn't know how to approach her. Okay, my eyes are rolling to the back of my head. Because that's what football players are known to do, not approach women. Okay. Producers would tell her to turn up at certain events. And she says it's hard walking into an event when you don't know if it's just going to be fun or you're going to get ambushed. Uh, Caroline didn't go to college, and the day after she graduated, she went to work at her dad's office. And she believes if you're not going to college for a specific thing like becoming a doctor, a lawyer, a scientist, then um, maybe you shouldn't go to college. You shouldn't just go for the experience. You know, I have mixed feelings about this. Um, I kind of thought I was going to college for things specific and then just was like kind of just there for the party a little bit. Um so, yeah, I think, like, being on a track like that, because I know so many people that went for, like, philosophy or history, and then they're just like, what the fuck am I going to do when I get out? So I do think if, you know, you're putting your – don't have the money to just have the college experience, then maybe it isn't the best idea to go and get in a bunch of debt and then just end up waiting tables for a long time like I did. Okay, so – Some of her, like, favorite things that ever happened because of the show, she says, number one was sharing Albie's learning disability. It was one of the best things to come out of it. And so many people reached out to her and, you know, liked they love seeing, you know, their situation on TV. 
and bringing awareness to that. And then Albie meeting Hugh Hefner, which I guess like Albie was like, loved Hugh Hefner so much. I was dying, dying, dying to meet him. Okay. Caroline read all of Albie's college books with him and helped him do his homework every week. I don't know. Listen, I think that's a bit much. Like if you can't do your college work by yourself, should you be in college? I don't know. That's the question. Oh my God. I had, so this new computer is like fingerprint to get in. So it keeps like going dark on me and then whatever. It's this fingerprint pad. I have to say, I just hate new technology. I really do. All right. So Albie, um, he says that BLK, Blackwater, is what I'm supposed to be doing. We are now one of the fastest growing beverage companies in the country. Fast forward to today, and I don't really know how that company is doing. Um, I think that I see it a lot at Ross. I see people putting it, um, finding it in discount bins a lot of places. I think the beverage market is um, a super, super hard hard industry to get into because it's super oversaturated. Um, so I don't think that that is their main source of revenue anymore. And I wonder, actually, I know Jacqueline and Chris Lorita moved to, I want to say Nevada or Arizona somewhere. I was listening to a podcast that she did, but I don't even know if Chris Lorita is involved in Blackwater anymore. That I'll look it up and figure it out. All right. So Caroline invested $250,000 into Cafes. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which was Lauren's makeup shop. She says it it was the it was um the college fund that Lauren never used. Okay, I think this is pretty cool. Like if your kids want to start a business as opposed to going to college and you have that money set aside, yeah, why not invest in their business? But two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that's like not a normal size for a college fund. But Caroline said it was all of her personal savings. Caroline threw her life into cafes, went in every day, and devoted her life to it. And fast forward to today, it is permanently closed. So I don't know if Lauren's still, I know she had a baby and she married Vito. I don't know if she's still working in the makeup or beauty industry at all, but um, I wonder if Caroline made her money back. I mean, that's hard to make that money back and pay for costs with, you know, I don't know how many makeup artists they had working, but you're going to have to do a lot of makeup. Okay, so um, the last thing is that Caroline says that the interviews that they do, like their confessionals on The Real Housewives, are eight to nine hours straight talking to a producer at your house. So that's interesting because I feel like it's kind of like with interrogations when you have someone for so many hours and, you know, that you know they're not going to leave you alone until you give them something to work with. This is how people get false um, confessions out of people out of uh, suspects. So that is exhausting. And I think after a while you have a few drinks, you're just getting real loose and saying, talking crazy talk, which is why we see that a lot with these people. All right, guys, let's, that's it for Caroline Manzo's book. All done. Um, It's an okay book. Do I recommend that you guys read it? No, I found a lot of parts of it boring and I found it kind of hard to get through. I wanted more dirt on the show, which wasn't what this book was. And I wanted more dirt on her family drama with Dina and just what it's like growing up with, you know, one of 11 children. Um, and I wanted more information about Al's family and the mob and stuff. I mean, obviously I understand why she couldn't include that. 
Um, so yeah, as far as like being a super juicy read, I, I don't recommend it. You know, you know what? It's kind of funny because everyone makes fun of Teresa, but her books really are just really fun reads. They're, they're, as far as Jersey goes, I think they're the best books. I really want to get my paws on Melissa Gorga's book because I think that any like advice books are always really good. And now Joe Gorga, not to be left out, has a book about how to be successful. And it's so funny because I was rewatching some old episodes of Real Housewives of New Jersey. And it's like, we forget all these different businesses that they have that I'm like, are, were these ever real? Were they just for a storyline? And I don't know if you guys remember when he supposedly bought that truck that was going that destroyed documents, and he said it cost millions of dollars. And I'm like, they were like negative one point two million dollars thing at that point. So I'm like, how can you buy something for millions of dollars? So I wonder two things. One was that like something he bought into with other people, or is that something that um, he never bought? He just had a you know film crew come and pretend he's going to buy that and pretend Melissa's going to be shocked. They seem like Joe and Melissa seem to like have side talks before the season and say, "Okay, you be a misogynist and I'll be a woman starting a boutique. Let's do that storyline." Okay, you go behind my back and buy a truck that shreds documents and I'll pretend to be shocked. Like they definitely understand this is a show and understand they need a storyline to move forward. Um, and you know, oh, the, now the storyline is that she wants to have another baby, which I'm, I don't think she does want to have another baby. I'm just not buying that. Oh, the other fake storyline that she's going to find her sister. Like what happened to that? Did we ever find the sister? Do we look for the sister? Who knows? Um, anyway, what else is going on? Oh, guys, Megan King Edmonds. Okay. So apparently, I'm curious if she's going to be back on the show because now it seems like she is in the OC, but it's very unclear if she lives in the OC or lives in St. Louis. But I guess she was recently in the OC getting her children have um, some very severe health issues. I think like her son has a neurological issue. And so she is getting him some therapies in the OC, um, which there are amazing doctors here, amazing resources. So basically, she said that in the beginning of her marriage with Jim Edmonds, she had a threesome, okay, with a friend. That's like, hello, you don't bring a friend in for a threesome, okay? That's like, I mean, threesomes 101. And then um, now it seems that this woman they had threesome with is someone that Jim is dating. And I guess at some point, like, this woman who didn't have a job was, like, showing up with, um, you know, new bags, jewelry, a new car. And Megan was like, huh, that's weird. How is she doing this? How is she um, getting, you know, buying all these things without a job? It's, you know, pretty crazy. And mystery solved is that Jim Edmonds was buying them for her. So this is according to Megan. So I don't know if it is accurate or not. Megan also accused him of sleeping with the nanny, which I guess turned out to not be true, but they did have some, inappropriate uh social media and I guess inappropriate hanging out so who knows the other thing is and I'm very curious if this is just completely fake because we all know that Beverly Hills has been like on life support I mean I don't even know if it's been on life support it's like dead it was it's been so boring for like three seasons and last season I mean it's almost unwatchable normally when I see in my apple shows that like ooh, you have a new show you have a new show I feel excited. I feel a tingle. I'm like, all right, there's a new episode of New Jersey. There's a new episode of Potomac. 
when I saw Beverly Hills, I felt like, oh, like it was a chore to watch it. Um, so this is what they're saying is going on is that Denise and Brandy, and apparently the rumor is that Brandy gets called in mid-season or something because, you know, it's just too boring. Um, that Teresa and Brandy, I'm sorry, Denise Richards and Brandy Glanville, uh, are hooking up sexually and apparently had maybe some sort of relationship. Brandy says Denise is the aggressor. And I guess, Brandy's under under the impression that Aaron and Denise had an open marriage and uh, maybe Aaron didn't get the memo about his open marriage. So Brandy, of course, messy Brandy brought it up. Hey, I've been hooking up with your wife to Aaron and Aaron did not like that. And now Denise like kind of stopped filming um, during the season. And I guess the other thing is a lot of the girls were mad at her. And, you know, Lisa Rinna like loves something to be mad about. Um, that she was filming a lot of TV shows and like films and stuff. And so she was missing a lot of the filming for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, I wonder if Lisa Rinna is actually mad that Denise is missing the filming or if she's mad that like she's still getting, I believe Denise Richards makes more than Lisa Rinna. I got to look that up, but I believe I read that. So I wonder if she's more like, what the fuck? Like she's still getting her full pay, which is more than I make. And I'm here showing up to work being a professional and she's not. But it is kind of interesting because people that like hadn't had acting work in a million years, paging Heather Dubrow, um, maybe paging Kyle Richards, uh, different people that then they then they go on the Real Housewives and then they get they they their profile gets heightened, people remember them again, and they end up, you know, getting acting jobs from it. But then the acting jobs make them miss the Real Housewives job, which you know, one can't exist without the other. Um, so anyway, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know that Heather Dubrow is getting called by Malibu Country or any other sitcoms after being off the show, but who knows? She has her podcasts and whatnot. Um, you know what? I should, I have to say, I met Heather Dubrow and she was absolutely lovely and she had skin like a porcelain doll and I met Terry as well and they were super, super nice. And when I met them, I had just had my baby and in the picture, I am leaking breast milk through my dress, but I didn't know that. And I posted it on Facebook and my friend called me and she's like, Hey, you might want to crop the picture because you're leaking breast milk everywhere in that picture. And I was like, Oh, okay. That is a hot tip. I should definitely do that. Um, Oh, and then the last thing I want to talk about is cheer. It's the documentary on Netflix. You guys, if you have, I mean, you probably have already seen it because it's blowing up at first. I was like, eh, documentary series on Netflix about cheerleading, not interested. But then every group I'm in is like, cheer, cheer, cheer. Everyone's going crazy for it. So I'm like, all right, there must be something to this. Let me just go watch it. It is riveting, riveting television, edge of my seat, fascinating. The backstories of the kids are heart-wrenching. It's just really, really cool to just the whole show is it's just a really fun watch only six episodes it's really good I guess it's like the same team that did last chance you which is that football documentary series um that's been going on for several seasons on Netflix and I always it always comes up but I've never watched it I just put on a few episodes the other day while I was cleaning um and it's okay I'm not as into it as I was cheer but anyway so check out cheer everyone watch you what other shows are, are, oh, Shameless. I'm loving Shameless this season. It's actually like totally fine without Fiona, which I didn't expect it to be. And Ooh, Curb Your Enthusiasm is back. 
Just lots of great television. All right, guys. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye.